Well, good morning. Oh, come on, you all can do a little bit better than that. Good morning. For I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen? All right, good deal. Well, um, for those of you who are here, you probably know me, um, but I guess I will introduce anyhow. And if you're watching at home, thank you uh, for doing so. My name is Ben James. I am the pastor here at FCC Grayson. Um, first off, what I would like to say, and I want to issue a word of apology. Sorry about the words on the screens. Uh, the computer, which has had a couple-week vacation, was not happy about coming back to work this morning. It, um, it's overloaded, it's struggling with all that it's having to process, uh, and the words were not cooperating. So I do apologize for that. Those of you at home, I'm sorry they weren't on your screen for you this morning. We will have that fixed by next week. If not, it's, we've got a youth pastor now. It's Thomas's fault if it's not fixed. So before I get into my message, I want to take just a few moments and remind everyone about our offering time. Uh, for those of you who are here with us in person this morning, uh, if you would like to give, uh, you can do so on our way out as we move out of the building. Uh, there will be baskets on a table uh, as you're going out. You can place your offering in those. Uh, if you would like to give electronically uh, and continue to do it that way, you can do that by going to fccgrayson.com backslash give. And that will, um, that will allow you to give electronically, or you can mail it in if you're, you know, several of you have been doing that. Uh, and that's 287 Pomeroy Street in Grayson, Kentucky is the mailing address. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning to Psalm 103. We're going to be skipping ahead just a few chapters to Psalm chapter 103. Now, I don't know how many of you were able to listen to Thomas's message last week, but he did a fantastic job. An absolutely fantastic job uh, articulating and dissecting uh, Psalm chapter 90 for us. And I'm, I'm thankful uh, that he and Kylie are here. They got moved in this week. They are now uh, no longer commuting a couple hours back and forth um, to the office here and to church. So guys, we're super thrilled, uh, if I can use the youth terminology of super thrilled, uh, to have you here with us and part of the FCC family. Uh, but Psalm chapter 103, now to give you just a little bit of a background into Psalm 103, uh, most of you, if you have Bibles that are kind of broken down with titles and given a little bit of self-explanation, Psalm 103, it says that it's a Psalm of David. Now this is most likely the case. It is most likely a Psalm that's written by David, although that's not 100% uh, agreed upon amongst theologians and scholars and people who are much, much more intelligent than I am. But it is most likely a psalm that was written by King David. Now, it's also believed, those who believe that it was written by David, it's believed that it was written towards the end of his life as kind of a reflection back on his life. And I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, it seems like time gets quicker, but things tend to slow down a little bit, and you have a little bit more perspective, uh, and you look back at things with a little bit of a different perception of what you did when you were going through them. Uh, and, and they're thinking that this is the case with David here in this chapter, is that he's later on in life, and he's looking back on his life, the things that he's gone through, the events, the challenges, the turmoil, the strife, the celebration, the rejoicing, all of these things. And he kind of sets down as, as somewhat of a swan song of his life. And he says, let me articulate this. 
Uh, and that's where we kind of pick up at Psalm 103. Now, Psalm 103 is a little bit unique as to the Psalms that we have been going through already this summer, like last week, Psalm chapter 90. One of, most likely one of the oldest psalms in this collection of 150 psalms that there is, and it was written by Moses. And Thomas told us that this came at a time where Moses had had significant loss. He was probably in kind of a low place. He might, you know, just things were not going well around him. And Psalm chapter 90 is kind of a reflection of that. We looked at Psalm 34 a little bit earlier in this series and we saw you know David having this recollection of being redeemed and delivered by God through not only the through not only the hands of King Saul but also of his enemy the Philistines now Psalm 103 is a little bit different is there is no one specific historical incident that we can tie this back to and say the psalmist or, or David is writing this psalm in reaction or in response to this one particular event or situation. This is just kind of David looking back and, and having a moment of reflection. Now this psalm is a pure psalm of praise. There's, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, but there's some people who say that there is no command, there's no action, there's no uh, real practical application point for this, no call to action for us, although I don't agree with that completely, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment. But overall, this is just a, a psalm of overflowing praise and thankfulness to God. So let's read Psalm 103 together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made, his, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our, transgress our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pity pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all verse 20 bless the Lord you his angels who excel in strength who do his word heeding the voice of his word Bless the Lord, all you, his host, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, 
in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray. Father, I am so, so unworthy to be here this morning. I'm so unworthy to be reading your word, talking about your word, articulating your word. God, for I am full of the flesh, I am full of sin, I am full of fallibilities and failures without you. But God, with you, I've been made righteous in your sight through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, all of us in here this morning could say that, that without the blood of Jesus, we are without hope. And God, it's at this time I ask that for fallible, flawed, um, (laughs) depraved vessels that we are, whether it's me speaking or them hearing, that God, that you would take this time and that you would bless it. That you would open ears, open hearts, open minds, open spirits so that we can receive the word that you're speaking. God, I pray for myself right now, God, that you remove me as much as possible. God, let me be simple, let me be concise, but never negating or never leaving anything out of the challenge that is rightly dividing your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, we have been taking these chapters of the Psalms that we're covering, and we've been taking one word and kind of keying in on that one word throughout the entirety of the chapter. And our theme, the one word for today, is bless. It's that very first word that we see. And I told you that, you know, some people in their writings, in their beliefs, in their theologies, in their interpretation of this scripture, they do not believe that there is a command for us or a practical application. That is, is 100% purely just as an acknowledgement of God. My basis on my East Carter High School level education, my theology and my standing on this scripture is that it's 99.9% all praise, all worship, all everything to God with that 0.01 showing it, 0.1, yeah, 0.1, numbers are hard, people, all right, extend me some grace. But that 0.1% is an action step for us, is a practical step for us, and that's found in the very first word of bless. Now, we've taken a couple of these psalms, and we've, yeah, as we've looked through them, and we've answered questions like who, why, where, what, when, you know, how, all of those questions. And that's what we're going to do again today. We're going to step through this psalm, and we're going to answer those types of questions. Actually, we're going to uh, answer the what, we're going to answer the who, we're going to answer the how, we're going to answer the why. Then we're going to come to a section where it gives us a reminder Then we're going to answer the question of why again, and then we are going to look at the who again. I'm sorry, Thomas, not the hooligan. Okay, hey, Thomas from Northern Ireland here. We've got to make sure that we enunciate that. We're going to look at the who again, all right? So the first thing is we're going to look at the what, and that is that word bless. That is what we are commanded to do in this scripture. And I just, I kind of want to unpack this just a little bit that word bless 
can kind of be a little bit of a tripping point for some of us. Because when we think about it, in particular, the Old Testament culture, when you think of a blessing, it is someone that's being blessed from someone above them. Like a father handing down an inheritance, a, a, a blessing that way, a priest, the high priest, or a priest of the family pouring out a blessing and speaking a blessing on someone. So if, it, if we look at it in that case, then this word that we are to bless him seems kind of weird. Uh, because, you know, we are definitely not above God, right? We're not even close to being equal with God. We, we're not even close. So this word bless actually means to take a bended knee. It's an act of submission. It's a, it's a recognition of his authority, his rule, his reign, his sovereignty over our lives. So that's the very first thing that this psalmist instructs us to do is bless so right out of the gate, he's like, remember who you are and remember, more importantly, who he is. It is our role. What we are supposed to be doing is blessing him. And that means being reverent to him, bowing ourselves to him, letting his reign and his rule and his authority have precedent in our lives. Now, the New Testament kind of version of this would be the difference between Jesus is your Lord and Jesus is your Savior. Most everyone loves the idea of Jesus being our Savior. Why? Because that means our sins are forgiven. That means that we're redeemed. That means that everything that we've done wrong, that we're doing wrong, and in the future, repented of, we are what we could do wrong then, He has saved us from that. So we really enjoy the Savior part of Jesus. The difficult part is the Lord, because that means we submit ourselves to him. We submit ourselves to his way, his reign, his rule, his commands. It's a little stickier then, right? Because we don't like to have people tell us what to do. Am I right? Kim, am I right? Okay, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. So we find out the what in verse 1 here. So the what is to bless. So who do we bless? Bless the Lord. So that's the who. And again, it's that capitalized L-O-R-D. Okay, capital L-O-R-D capitalized also, which means that's the Hebrew word translated from Yahweh, which means the ruler, the creator, the all-sustaining, the all-providing one. So that's who he is acknowledging here, that we are to bless Yahweh. And then it tells us how. As we read on, O oh my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So how do we bless the Lord? With everything that's in us. Now this word soul here is a real key portion of this passage of Scripture. Because if we just said bless the Lord then we have interpretation as to how we're going to bless the Lord. But when he talks about the soul level and all that's within me, what he's commanding us to do is to go beyond what we see. If you're a, a, a Lion King fan with Mufasa, you know, and uh, Rafiki, Rafiki, look beyond what you see. 
We've got to look past what we're facing in our lives. We've got to look past what we're hearing, what we're seeing, the situations, the circumstances. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a child that you are are struggling with, you've lost hope in. Maybe it's the world situation. Maybe it's the political climate. Maybe it's the cultural climate. Maybe it is the craziness that is 2020. You see, whenever, if it's just put plainly and simply just to bless the Lord, then we begin to put caveats on that and say, you know, I would bless the Lord, but man, I can't because I keep hearing all of this stuff that's going on here and over here, and my house is a mess, my marriage is a wreck, my finances are terrible, everything's burning around me. I can't bless the Lord. But the psalmist tells us, bless the Lord Oh, my soul and all that is within me. And what that means is that no matter what chaos, craziness, uncertainty is going on around you or even in your life, that you bless God regardless. And if we're looking at David and the possibility of him writing this at the end of his life, you're looking at a man who's seen war, who's seen seen sin, who's known his life being threatened, who has lived on the run, who has been homeless, who has been broke, has not had any shelter, has had people out to kill him, has, has fallen from grace with God and then been restored again. David's seen problems with children. He's seen problems within his kingdom. He's seen a thing or two, and now we have him at the end, towards the end of his life, going, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And then, starting with verse 2, we start seeing David build his case, the psalmist build his case here as to why we are to bless the Lord with everything that we have. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. Then, He begins to list the benefits, and that answers the why we bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Verse 3, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things, and he renews you like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. I just want to pause right there, verse 7, that first part of it. He made his ways, made known his ways to Moses. That echoes back to Exodus 33, 13. When Moses is having this conversation with God, and God pretty much gives him just this open door to walk through. And this, this isn't the, the show me your glory or show me your goodness request here. This is Exodus 33, 13. Get a chance, look that up. It's a fantastic passage. Well, let me just go ahead and read it. <laughs> I've got a Bible. Come on, pages work. Exodus 33, 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your, sh- your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Look at this. Moses is giving kind of this open form, just like, ask me what you will. Ask what you want of me. And Moses takes this opportunity and says, God, show me your ways. That's all I want. Now, how many of you in here, if God came to you and promised you, said you can have anything that you want of me, just name it. How many of you 
would, would answer, God, I just want to know your way. God, I just want to know your will. I just want to know your plan. I heard a statement this past week that says that it's impossible to love God truly and not love his will. It's impossible to love God truly and not love his will, which means that if you love God, then you're going to love his will, whether it's what you would choose or not. So verse 7, I, I love that, just had to go off on that little rabbit trail for just a moment. So God, just show me your ways. That was the cry of Moses' heart, and it's fantastic. But then he goes back into the why. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Hallelujah. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Another time to say praise God. Amen? Amen. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. I'm not going to break these down one by one, but please, throughout this week, go back and revisit this passage of Scripture and just look at all these benefits. Look at all these blessings. Look at all that God has done for you. And my friend, I hate to bust any bubbles here or at home, but you, we, me, none of us are worth any of this. We're not worthy of it. But you know what? God loves us so much that he does it. And that's mind-blowing to me. And then we get a little bit of a reminder. And this has been one of the reminders that we have seen each and every week as we have gone through these psalms. And it was really pointed out to us last week in Psalm chapter 90 just how great, big, and majestic, and awesome that God was and God is and how we're not. <laughs> how we're not. And that's, that's not saying that you don't have value, that you don't have worth, because believe me, you do. But we, we are so focused on what we can accomplish here in this life and what we do in this life that we lose track of what these verses tell us in verses 14 through 16. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourishes, for the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. Now that kind of harkens back to Job chapter 7 verse 10 where Job's in the midst of this great trial and he's got his wonderful friends that come along and if you, uh, if you know the friends of Job, um, you know what I'm getting ready to say and if you don't know, please go back and read the book of Job. Job did not have the greatest advice giving friends. If your friends give you advice like Job's friends gave him, find new friends. But that goes back to Job 7.10 where he's talking about that, listen, we're, we're here and we can make an impact while we're here. God has a plan for us while we're here. His will for us is here now. Share the good news. Take it to the ends of the earth. Be the representation of Christ Jesus here on earth. But understand something, that you're not that big. Life isn't what it's all about. This moment here on earth, as James talks about it, as a, as a vapor, as a mist, is but fleeting. But yet we have this tendency that everything we do is about this life. 
I found a, a new quote a couple months ago, and I, number one, I can't remember his name. Number two, I couldn't pronounce it, even if I had it here in front of me. But basically, he said that as a minister of the gospel, that this was his life goal, and I've kind of adopted this. So here is the, my life goal. Preach the gospel rightly. Die and be forgotten. Preach the gospel rightly. and Die and be forgotten. Why? Because I'm not that big. Our time here isn't that great. Now, again, we're not taking this insignificant view that God doesn't care about us because he does and care about the works that we do here because he does. He has plans for us. But our understanding has to be that my hope is not in this world. My time in comparison to eternity is nothing. I had a conversation this week and I said, you know, I don't know that when you look at eternity that our lives even come close to a blip on a radar screen. Somebody looked at me and said, well, I hope it would at least be a blip. And I said, well, you're a whole lot bigger than I am because if I look at eternity, I'm not even going to be a blip on the radar because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about the works that I do for him while I'm here, the lives I impact for him here. It's about eternity because it's those things that are done for Christ that will last. And then, after we get that reminder that, hey, God's really big, and you're really not. And that just, again, goes, should blow our mind even more, that even as big as he is and as small as we are, he still came and died for you. Even though I'm not even a blip on the radar in eternity, he loved me so much that he came and he died for me. And then he goes back to saying, why again? But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him and his righteousness to the children's children, to keep his covenant to those who remember to do his commandment, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And then in closing this morning, we're going to look at the three who's. The three who's. So if the praise team, if you guys want to be making your way back up, I, I'd ask that you do that now. Verse 20. Bless the Lord. Verse 21, bless the Lord. Verse 22, bless the Lord. And then in verse 20, he says, you, who, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Verse 21, bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. That's you. That's us. And then bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. So bless the Lord, his angels. Bless the Lord, us who are doing his works and thirdly bless the Lord everything that he has created everything in this cosmos everything in our universe and beyond everything that he has created bless the Lord and then the inclusion statement that we opened verse 1 with and we'll close the chapter with in verse 22 bless the Lord O my soul